Can I just say, what a beautiful morning. Kiddos, you guys are amazing. It is Kid Sunday. Yeah, I'm not sure if everyone knew this, but the kids actually chose the worship set there, and then they taught all those songs to Chris and Sally. Um, So, I mean, these kids are doing well, right? Uh, Awesome job, guys. We appreciate you so much, all of our kids here today. So last week we talked about relationships. Uh, Last week we've been in a series on real life, living to the fullest, and looking at what are the aspects of Christianity that help us to live full lives and and blessed lives. We talked last week about relationships, relationships with God, uh, healthy understanding of self, and relationships with others. Uh, Today we're going to dig into a particular aspect of relationship with others that applies to all of us in this room, including kids, okay? Today we're going to talk about discipleship. So, uh, kids, um, have you ever played the game Follow the Leader? Raise raise your hand if you've played the game Follow the Leader. Okay, so we kind of know what discipleship means already then, okay? Discipleship is someone who follows another. Now, 2,000 years ago when Jesus was walking in Israel, he invited 12 men. He said, come and follow me. So this is basically what discipleship is, following a leader. Jesus played the role of a rabbi in the first century, and as a rabbi, he, uh, he invited uh, apostles, disciples to come and to follow him, and it was the highest honor in their culture to be a disciple of a rabbi. And so these men would follow literally in Jesus' footsteps from town to town as he taught. They'd watch as he heals. And it was the dream of any disciple to be able to do what their master does and know what their master knows. That is discipleship in the first century. We'll talk a little bit more about it today. So in Matthew chapter 4, Jesus is calling his disciples, come follow me. This is what Matthew 4 says. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. One of the things I love about this little story here is that Andrew and Peter were fishermen. And in that culture, in that society, be, being a fisherman wasn't that big of a deal. They weren't, they, it wasn't a high status job. These, that, it was a position, it was a job that you did if you didn't quite make the cut. And Jesus goes to the fisherman and he says, come and follow me. And immediately they leave everything and they follow him. And I wonder, as they left everything, what they were thinking, like if, if I were them, I might be thinking, wow, I was, I was actually chosen this time. I was chosen and given this great honor to be um, a rabbi's disciple. Now, we don't use that term much um, today, disciple, but I, I like to think of it um, as apprentice, because we know what that word means. An apprentice is learning a trade, is, is following um, the, the directions of a master a- until they, they understand what the master knows and, and is able to do what the master does. So being a disciple is a lot like being an apprentice. So discipleship is all about having people on the journey with you. I don't know about you guys, but our family loves to watch documentaries together. That's just something that our kids and we have in common. So in the evenings, we like to watch documentaries. 
we were re recently watching one uh, on Africa, and uh, naturally elephants were um, a real feature in that documentary. And I don't know if you've ever seen a baby elephant following its mother, but it it'll lock its, its trunk around its mother's tail, and it will literally follow step for step, learn where to eat, learn where to find water. And this becomes imprinted in their children, uh, in the baby elephants, for the rest of their lives. They will know the watering holes. They will know the trails to walk because they followed closely behind their parents. And this is where we begin to talk about this idea of discipling our children, leading them that they can follow in our steps, setting an example that will begin to shape their lives, showing them safe paths and way to, ways to move forward in life. So kids, uh, uh, you're going to help me out a little bit here. As, um, as we kind of demonstrate what discipleship looks like, it's not necessarily a, a complex task at all times. Sometimes it, it's very simple, but inviting people on the journey with us. So Alyssa, come on up here. I, um, I worked with Alyssa on a little or origami project over the last couple of days. And so Alyssa's going to come up and uh, in, in, uh, she's going to demonstrate this project. Now, uh, all the kids have papers and all the big kids have papers as well. So you're welcome to participate as Alyssa shows us how to make um, this origami ele elephant that we've been working on. Okay, so we're going to start by uh, folding corner to corner the paper in half. And ideally, you want to see the color, right? So fold the white under. You're getting too technical now. Um, I don't know. Just, just fold it, you know. Okay, so now we're going to fold corner to corner. Long corners touch each other again. Yeah. Okay, next step. Yeah, take, take your time. Hold it up. Show them how we did it. Unfold that so they can see it. Make sure we're doing it the same way. Yeah, so we took that and we folded it in half. Okay, now hold it just like that. If you've ever made a paper airplane, you're going to know the next step. We're going to fold these corners down into the center, okay? Is that the wrong one? Wrong way. We're not folding it this way. We're folding it up so it goes over. Look at that. See, I guess I taught her well and then forgot well also. <laughs> An elephant never forgets. Good thing we have Alyssa up here to guide us in this project. So hold it up. So hold it up. Sorry, it's so dim the light in here, so that makes it harder. But she's folded these up so they stick up above the triangle. Good job, Alyssa. We getting it? I, th I see a lot of them there. Okay, we're gonna keep rolling because we don't want this to take our entire time. However, if you need extra help, Alyssa will be there to help. Okay, Alyssa's gonna fold some ears out. So to do that, hold it up after you do the first one. Okay, hold it up there. So she took and she folded that top flap out to make the first ear and she'll do the second. This illustration worked out better than I expected because Alyssa had to correct me. Um, yeah. She is Good. the one that knows this project, right? Oh, yeah, do that Oh, one. is the color Fold easier? Yep. Good job. Fold them out. Okay, we're almost there. 
We are almost there. She's going to fold in the corners of the ears. So just take a little notch and fold in the corner of an ear. Elephants have flat ears, not pointy ears. Rounded ears. Yep, so she just folds in the edges. Okay, at this point, she's going to turn it around, and from the front side, the side without all the seams, she's going to start to fold the nose back and forth so it has a crinkly nose. So she starts by folding it up over itself like that, and now she'll fold it back down just a little ways further. I can tell we might need to do some elephant folding discipleship classes after uh-huh. church today, okay. so Alyssa will be available. I think some of these are coming out really well. Yeah. Yeah. And after two more folds, she's got it. All you have to do now is to draw your little eyeballs on your elephant, and you've got it. All right, good job, Alyssa. She wants to draw the eyeballs. Wait. Okay, hold it up. She's not done until she draws the eyeballs. There we go. Good job, Alyssa. Thank you. So kids' discipleship looks like this. Uh, discipleship means simply taking the things that we know, the things that we have experience with, and demonstrating them and helping others to take on those ideas, to understand these things, and, and to become more whole people in that. That's awesome. It's fun to do a little activity like this, a little simple activity. I do, you do, we do it together. Hey, um, if you got it, hold it up in the air. Did, oh, yeah. it, did it work? Did, did it work for how, some how of you? How many of them worked? It's harder yeah. when, it be, okay. when it's so dark in here. Okay. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. It's also a lesson there that you don't get it the first try. Discipleship is all about this continual process of, of learning together. You know, I do think, though, that sometimes we, we think about discipleship and we make it too complicated. Um, sometimes we feel like, you know, it's this really super spiritual activity to, to be a disciple or to disciple someone, and, and we don't feel qualified, don't feel like we've met the standards, uh, maybe we don't feel like we know enough to be a disciple or to disciple someone. But the basic definition of discipleship is to bring someone along with you on your journey. You can teach them what you know, but also to learn together. So just bringing people along with them. And I love, um, I love how John describes Jesus' calling of another disciple called Philip because he illustrates this point. John 143 says, The next day Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, Follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. And I love this example of discipleship because this is the first day that that Philip has met Jesus. He knows very little about Jesus, but he knows that this is the one whom they spoke about in the prophets. He knows that this is the Messiah that is to come. And so the first thing he does is he goes to his friend Nathaniel and he says, you've got to come. You've got to come and see, I think I found the Messiah. And Nathaniel has a lot of questions and isn't sure about this whole Nazareth thing. And Philip just invites him, says, come with me, come and see. And that's what discipleship is all about. We don't have to have it all figured out. We don't have to be the master 
to disciple people. We're just inviting people on the journey with us, on this faith journey. Come, let me share what I've learned, and let's learn more together. You know, we're all at different points in our life. We have kids, we have adults, um, we have new Christians, we have Christians that have been following Jesus for their whole life. Today, we're celebrating a 91st birthday. Yes, Miss Gail, Uh, happy birthday, (laughs) 91 years old. right. Love that. So we we all have different experiences and are different places in our journey, and yet we're all called to be both the discipled, the person being discipled by God and by Jesus and by the by, by our people, and also the discipler to bring people along with us and to invest in people and to mentor people and to train um, train people up, especially our younger our younger peeps. That's good, yeah. And ultimately, the burden doesn't rest on us. We don't invite people to be our own disciples, but instead followers of Jesus. We invite people to walk with us while we learn to follow Jesus together. This is the idea of discipleship. So let's talk for just a moment about what discipleship looks like in, the, in our world today, in a very different culture where we are not rabbis, where people don't uh, jump at the bit or chomp at the bit to, to follow us, right? It's a very different culture. Discipleship plays out in a few different aspects of life. First of all, as a church, discipleship becomes a primary goal. Discipleship takes place in small groups. It takes place as we do service projects together. In each of these ways, we are learning to follow in the footsteps of Jesus. Uh, Discipleship takes place over meals uh, or or coffee groups or or men's groups or ladies' groups that have done Bible studies and book studies. In all of these, we are learning together to walk in the ways of Jesus, to follow Jesus. Now, in our personal lives, discipleship ought to be a significant conversation as well. We ought to be considering how we can be discipling others. Now, again, this is kind of an intimidating word and a strange one, but I think Engel did a great job of describing discipleship in uh, less intimidating terms. You see, discipleship is not always uh, the elite inviting uh, others that are following Jesus to learn to follow him more like me. Ingalls describes this uh, in a different way. He says discipleship begins in a life's person, in, in the life of a person long before they come to believe in Jesus. Discipleship is the way that we engage with the world, everyone around us. So discipleship says that wherever someone's at, no, no God framework, no understanding of God whatsoever, we're still engaging intentionally in their lives in ways that bring them along the journey, in ways that allow us to walk side by side in life, to serve together, whatever that looks like. In time, people become interested in Christ. In time, they experience Christian love, and they begin to grasp the implications of the gospel um, to a point where they come to faith. But Engel's scale here, it it moves beyond that as it moves uh, towards um, uh, growth in faith and functioning in a local church and then in time. Uh, the, the bottom of that list, number five, um, effectively living out uh, that role of a discipler in other people's lives. So as, as intimidating as the idea of discipleship uh, can be, it, it's an invitation to us all to realize that discipleship is the ways that we live and the ways we engage with people around us. And this applies to our children, the way we act in our classroom, the ways that we show respect 
the ways that we play kindly on the playground, the ways that we invite people who may not have friends with them to come and join us and play in those we are living out this call, to act intentionally in the lives of others that they may know the love of Jesus. Absolutely. You know, today is, is Kids Sunday, and so we want to talk a little bit specifically about discipling children, because that is, is so very important. And if you're an aunt or an uncle or a teacher or a friend of a kid, then you have opportunity to disciple children. Um, if you're a parent, then you have daily opportunity, 24-7, to disciple um, children. And kids, we know this about you, okay? I'm a parent, so I, I know this. We know that you are always watching. You are always listening to us. Even when we don't think you're listening to our conversations, you're watching and you're listening and you're you're processing, well, how are they making decisions? And... Um, and I also know that often kids mimic their parents. And uh, not going to lie, sometimes that terrifies me because I have seen my kids mimic things that I do that I don't want them to mimic because um, I'm, I'm not perfect. And yet I also recognize that there's just such beautiful opportunity in this idea of discipleship, this idea that I have so much influence over my children and what they're learning and what they're experiencing. And, and it is a beautiful opportunity to disciple our children. In Deuteronomy, there's, a really, uh, there's some really cool verses there about discipleship. Deuteronomy 11:18 says, uh, Fix these words of mine on your hearts and your minds. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Teach them to your children, talking about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. They would take the word of God and put it in these little pouches. They would write it on paper and put it in these little pouches and wear them on their, on their wrists and on their forehead just so that the word of God was close to them. And then in Deuteronomy, it says, you know, talk to your kids. Whatever you're doing in normal life, in daily life, when you're going to bed, when you're walking, when you're going to school, it's, it's just a daily, continual teaching process. I think of conversations in the car, going to our activities, and what we talk about there. I think of um, them coming home and they've had a bad day at school because this little friend did that or or whatever happened and, and processing um, behaviors and how we respond. I think of what we decide to do as a family, how we serve our community or, or reading scripture and the conversations that we have with our kids about what God is telling us, how we live, how we treat our family, how we treat our friends, how we treat strangers. All of these daily activities are opportunities to, to disciple our children. So today, uh, speaking of discipling our children, one of the things that those of you who are parents, uh, you know this, um, you know that we learn a lot from our children too right? I mean, how often do we realize this is a reciprocal relationship? We are all growing together. So today we've asked a few of our young ones to come and share something they've learned from, from their parents or something they've developed in their faith today. So Rachel, if you'll come up here, Rachel wanted to tell us about an experience that she has. Come on, stand up here. So, um, Rachel, what's one uh, spiritual practice that you've learned 
over the years. What's something you like to do that relates to your Christian faith? Breath prayers. Breath prayers. Okay, tell us what a breath prayer is. Well, um, when I was sad or lonely or mad, my dad would call me upstairs and he would do a breath prayer with me. My favorite one was, Dear God, Give Me Peace. And, and how do you do that breath prayer when you, when you say that, when you use On that? Dear God, we would breathe in and give me peace, we would breathe out. Okay, so it's a breathing and a prayer exercise, a way to communicate with God. Can you demonstrate it for us? Show us, show us how you do God, that. give me peace. Okay, very good. You want to lead us in a couple of breath prayers? Okay. Okay, let's do it together. If you want to do it with Rachel, we can all do that together. Dear God, Dear God give me peace. Dear God, give me peace. Dear God, give me peace. Thank you, Rachel, for sharing that with us. Nice work. Uh, today, the Pereas weren't able to be with us, um, but they have a really beautiful practice in their home that they like to do with their children, and so they sent us a video allowing us to see one of their nighttime routines. Every night before we go to bed, we say the Lord's Prayer. This is the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. In the name of the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Good? <laughs> you, what we cut off there was uh, Mary saying, hey, you guys can smile. You know, It's okay on the video to smile. They're very serious we about their, we shouldn't have their cut prayer. That out. We should have left that in there. And finally, uh, Elliot, did you want to share a song with us? Christine and, and Elliot, did you guys want to share with us? So we pray, we take um, some moment of quiet before we eat. Um, dual purpose to just, you know, take a breath from the chaos of getting meals together and everybody at the table, and then one of them usually prays. Okay, so we'll do a few minutes of quiet, or a few seconds of quiet, and then we, then they're going to pray what they normally pray. God, Thank you for everything you gave us. Thank you for our church. Thank you for my family. My family. Thank you for my little stuffy bear that I snuggle with every day. Every day. Also when I go to sea. Thank you for my mom. Thank you for everything you gave us. Everything Thank you, you for gave. my teacher. Thank you for my school. Um, uh, Thank you for everything you gave us. Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, ladies. Remember a moment ago I said we learn from our children. What did you just learn about? 
We learned about thankfulness there, right? How many of us, when we pray, are able to be that thankful for that many things? Isn't that beautiful? The faith of children is remarkable. All right, so today uh, we also have a special opportunity on Kids Sunday to bless uh, five of our seven families that have newborn babies. Five families were able to be here with us today, and we are so excited to introduce the church to uh, the new babies in our congregation, and we'll spend just a moment um, uh, praying a blessing over each of their families and households and their new children. Beautiful. Thank you, guys. We are so excited for all of you and your journeys. Uh, four of the five here and five of the seven are first-time parents. Right. So they are on a whole new journey and exciting endeavor in life. I think I Oliver should win the award for the calmest baby. He is, he is chill today. He's just chilling as we're praying over yeah. him. Did you know he's never cried in his life? Never. Yeah. I'm sure his mom would, would agree with that. <laughs> okay. As we wrap up today, I want to say this. We talked about discipleship, and discipleship is a kind of a complex term that may come with baggage for you or may just be confusing, and I want to boil it down really simple today as we close out. Ultimately, um, I believe the story of discipleship uh, it can be summed up in, in, in two things, love well and invest in others, right? Discipleship is about loving well and investing in the lives of other people. If you were here last week, you saw this passage as we read from John chapter 15. Uh, Jesus says, in this command I give you, love each other as I have loved you. He sets the bar high. Think about how Jesus has loved us, has loved his followers, has loved uh, so well uh, to the extent that he would give up his life. And today as we consider what does it look like to invest in our children? What does it look like to invest in relationships around us? We are invited to live lives of love. So today we consider as Jesus treated people, I, I will strive to treat people. As Jesus stood up for what was right in the world around him, we will try to stand up for what's right. And as Jesus took people alongside him, invited them to follow and to learn more, we will invite people to follow, to walk alongside us, and to learn more about Jesus, to grow in faith together. Let's close out with a prayer. Dear God, we, we just praise you. We thank you for who you are. Lord, we, we stand in awe of your love. As we talk about discipleship today, God, you have loved us with an unconditional love. Lord, you have sacrificed yourself for us, and we just thank you so much for this example of love and how you have gathered us into your family. And God, I just pray today that you would teach all of us how to love as you do. Lord, how to love our children, how to love our families, and how to love our friends and, and our stra the strangers around us, all our neighbors. God, thank you for the children you have, you have entrusted to us. Thank you for the opportunities to disciple them. Lord, we ask your, your blessing over them. Lord, we love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, one last thing. Uh, kids, I want you to stand up first. Stand up. All the kids in the room, go ahead, stand up. You can do it. All right. Yeah, all the kids in the room, go ahead and stand up. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to give you a big round of applause, and I want you guys to jump and cheer.
Hey, we think you guys are awesome. We love you. We love our families. Uh, here's your invitation in the week to come. Go and demonstrate love in the world. Invest in people. Have a great week.